give them to others and tell them, as he was told years earlier. If you read this book, you will find that truth. So, yeah, if you want to read the whole story, it's amazing. But, so tonight, um, we're going to do a world tour, like we said. And a lot of what you hear is information that you probably have never heard, and you, um, or if you have, you don't hear very often. And I think it's going to really encourage you uh, with stories of what God is doing. It's super exciting. I think a lot of times uh, we get told all these lies that Christianity is no longer growing that fast, and it's, you know, Islam is taken over as the fastest growing religion, and so you hear all these things that actually are not true. And so tonight, these stories are very encouraging. Um, I pray that um, that tonight you realize that God is at the work in heart, at work in the hearts of everyone around us, like He said in Matthew nine thirty seven. And in 9, Matthew nine thirty seven, He says, "The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into His harvest field." So God is alive and at work in this, on this planet, and I pray that after tonight you will have the excitement and motivation to be a part of reaching people for Jesus. Um, to start out the night, we're putting up this website. It's called Great Commission 2020. Um, and what this is, is real-life decisions for Christ. So what you're seeing right now at this very moment, there's these people uh, all over the world that are getting online and searching out information about Jesus Christ. On um, this particular website uh, that they have, it's um, a... It's an outreach website and part of Global Media Outreach. It's a, it's a branch of Campus Crusade for Christ. But what you can see right here is the top is visitors today. So how many people were searching online for information about Jesus Christ? Uh, 265,800 on this particular website. There's tons of these websites. And indicated decisions. So today on this one website alone, there's been 35,000 people, six, and just now 683, so it went, jumped up from 81 to 83, but now 85. In the blue right there are people that are looking at all the articles they have on this website, and, then, and they're the ones that are known, that they type in their information, this is where we're at. When you see a yellow one come up, that's one that location is known that just received Christ. And so you can see people all over the world are searching about Jesus Christ on, online. And Remember how I said it was at 681, now it's at 35,696. So just in the last minute, that's how many people come to Christ on this website alone. So um, next step is going to be Malcolm. He's going to share Never. about a, a part of the world. <laughs> says China or Asia, so you know, sorry. Close as I can get it. <laughs> Not real close. <laughs> um, now I'm going to talk about Asia and China slash whatever, Asia. <laughs> Realize they're all in the same area. And I'm going to talk, like, watch this little short video with the about this 
Pakistani lady that is facing the death sentence because he or she
that was a bad explanation. <laughs> but <laughs> like, like just in that area, there's 66,000 people that are dying daily, like just in that area, that don't know about Jesus, that that never even heard about him. So like, it's super important that we talk to people about Jesus. And uh, that's all I got for Asia. You should definitely. Brandon will talk about it later. But there's a project we go over to Asia. That would be sweet. But um, next up is Josh, and he's going to talk about South America. So this is going to be a little hard for me. I have to keep it up in five minutes. Let's see if I can do it. Um, yeah, like a lot of you guys know, and everyone obviously, I grew up overseas in South America. Um, just throw some guesses out there. Anyone raise their hand? Um, what, when it comes to Christianity, what, how would you think you would associate that with South America? What would you think its, it's significance is there? Anyone? Oh, you're very right, sir. Jesus statue of Leo. <laughs> you are very, very bright. Um, and like some of you know as well, my parents were missionaries in South America. And I just moved back to the States, so I was there pretty much my entire life. And I'm not going to go too far into the, the statistics. Well, let me actually set my timer. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Anyways. Um, I'm going to go more into what I got throughout my personal experience and what I was able to observe through working with my parents and how they, they targeted and, and through my experience with my, with my friends as well. Um, for the most part, it is amazing to see, because Catholicism, like, he, I don't know, this tends to happen in the United States, like, since the evangelical movement is so immense, like, people tend to write out Catholicism from the start. And that is entirely wrong because, in my eyes, Catholicism in South America, probably everyone in the world, is just the same as any form of Christianity anywhere in the world. You know, and what I found in South America is that a lot of the times it's what is known as a cultural Christianity, which a lot of you guys know. Like, that's what happens in the United States, too, a lot of the times. Like, you're a Christian because your parents were Christian, or you're following in their footsteps and you're going to church because you think that's the right thing to do and you really don't have a connection and a personal relationship with Jesus. And so, but what I found is that in South America, people have a true desire to get to know God, to get to know Christ. But they don't feel, and this is something they're taught, and I don't know how this happened, but they're taught that they're not worthy enough of having a it's a lie. A lie from the pit, and it is very frustrating. They don't feel like they're worthy enough to interpret the Bible. They, they, leave, they leave it up to their leaders, and their leaders aren't leading them appropriately. And they, they have so much of a desire to be able to connect with God, and so much of a desire to be able to serve Him, but the only way they know of doing that is through their works and their actions. And so they're constantly doing, 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 and they... They never, 
they never find fulfillment. I mean, it might it might give them a, an ounce of happiness for a while, but they're never able to find that that connection and that relationship with Christ. But they really, really want to look for it. They just they're afraid to go certain places because it's been so integrated into their paradigm that they're not allowed to do that. That they're afraid to break down those barriers. And so. What my parents were able to do, and this was just amazing for me to observe throughout the years, is they realized that it has to do with a lack of, a lack of trust in people. And in order to be able to go in there and share the word, and share the good news, and share the gospel, they need your trust. And so, since it's such a highly relational area, I mean, I, I, I'm guessing you guys can assume that, People are super warm, super just happy all the time. It can get annoying sometimes. But um like it's great, it's great, it's lie. But um they they need they need relationships in order to be able to trust what you're saying is for real. And you need to live out everything that you're saying because they're skeptical as to what what's going on, so these paradigms have been built up in their minds. And so it was amazing to see how my parents were just able to plug in into what, just into the culture and just love on people. Like, as different as it was from the United States, they were, the main thing that I learned is they were able to meet people where they were at, and through their love, people were able to just learn and trust them. Wow. <laughs> Me and Nate were wondering if that was going to happen. That's amazing. God is crazy. Wow, that, that, is, that is bizarre. Anyways, that's <laughs> crazy. Anyways, the point is, is that if you're able to break those boundaries of trust, people are just born for Christ, and they so want it, and they so desire it. And I was able to witness that, not only through personal experience through friends, but through my parents' ministry, and it's just... It was amazing. And so, it's just because certain paradigms might, might be, be built up, it doesn't mean that people aren't willing to accept Christ. It just sometimes takes some tweaking or some discernment. And it was amazing to see how my parents reenacted with that. And I'm going to finish off with a little, it's very encouraging. It's a statistic. It's a stack on, on, like, it's an on, on a daily basis, Nate, right? Every day, an average of 34,000 people are accepting Christ in South America. And that's, and that's just a stat. For me, that means that there's more. And so, that to me is just so encouraging, and it just motivates me to want to go back there and just continue to spread, just spread the gospel. I don't know, guys, like... I encourage you guys, if, if ministry is on your heart, I can tell you that it's an amazing place to be, and you should consider it, especially on the summer, the summer, what's it called, summer workshop, or summer, summer project, sorry, summer projects, so I was looking through the list, and there's several in South America, so if you guys are interested, um, you should talk to me, and I can give you some, some info on the different places, so yeah, thank you. Um, now, Nate is going to talk on um, uh, the Muslim world and 
It just blows your mind. Plus 750,000 copies of the Bible on tape in Arabic. About half a million copies of the Arabic New Testament. The largest Christian congregation in the Middle East meets in an enormous cave on the outskirts of Cairo because they have to flee persecution. Some 10,000 believers meet in that cave on a weekly basis to praise God. Is that not exciting? And recently, in 2005, 20,000 believers met in this cave in Cairo, Egypt to pray. Just like we're going to be doing Friday, the 21st injection. Probably not going to be 20,000. But is that not exciting about what God's doing? Okay, in Afghanistan, where this war is going on now, and before 9-11, there were only 17 known Muslim converts to Christianity. Okay? Now there are more than 10,000. And this, again, is a few years ago. We have a close friend that, that is a missionary now. In Kazakhstan, only three known Christians were in Kazakhstan before 1990. Now there are well over 15,000. In Sudan, there are more than one million Sudanese that have recently converted to Christianity. Unbelievable. Despite huge persecution. My poor little daughter is not excited to be here this late. This is way past her bedtime, so you have to excuse her. Uh, in Iran, in 1979, there were only 500 known Muslim converts to Christianity, but today, Iranian pastors and evangelical leaders say that there are more than 1 million Iranian believers. Can you believe that? The church is growing dramatically in Iran, another hard-line Muslim country. So again, guys, 16,000 Muslims are coming to Christ every single day. God is working in the Muslim world. They are not people that we need to fear. They are some of the kindest people that you will ever meet. And just like anybody you will ever meet, they have a hunger for God, just like you and me. And let's watch this video. And thank you, Malcolm. The Muslim call to prayer resounds to a large part of the earth where more than one billion people call themselves Muslims. Throughout the Islamic world, many Muslims from Gaza to London are also responding to the call to global... Jihad, where the goal is to take over the world for Islam. Throughout the nearly 1,400-year history of Islam, it's resisted the Christian gospel. For centuries, many Christians tried to reach Muslims with the good news with little success. But according to many reports throughout the Middle East and around the world, that history is changing. Nizar Shaheen is the host of Light for All Nations, a Christian program seen throughout the Middle East. I see many, many Arabic-speaking people turning to Christ, accepting Him as Lord and Savior. What's happening nowadays in the Muslim world has never happened before. Father Zachariah Boutras, an Egyptian Coptic priest, is one of the foremost evangelists to the Muslim world. He says Muslims of all ages and backgrounds are accepting Jesus Christ. Young and old. Educated and not educated, males and females, uh, even those who are fanatic. One fanatic Muslim who came to faith in Jesus Christ is Samir Ahmed Mohammed. He studied for years to become a Wahhabi Sheikh, one of the most virulent forms of Islam. He hated Christians and the church, but his heart changed when he heard the gospel. I dedicated my life to Jesus Christ. Jesus forgave me for my sins. He gave me eternal life and peace. And the second thing, I really suffered in my daily life. But I had peace, I had joy, because Jesus entered my heart. But Muhammad is just one of many Muslims who are coming to Jesus. 
Heidi Baker of Iris Ministries sees thousands of African Muslims receiving Jesus and getting baptized. It's probably the only place in the world where they're coming so quickly. Many people are having dreams. They see Jesus appear to them. Probably half our pastors were leaders, imams in Muslim uh, in mosques. They were leaders in these mosques. Now they're pastors. Another significant evangelistic movement among Muslims links China and Jerusalem. Chinese home churches plan to send at least 100,000 evangelists from China through predominantly Muslim nations all the way back here to Jerusalem. This quiet but powerful movement of itinerant evangelists is bringing the story of Jesus Christ into the heart of the Muslim world. Technologies like satellite TV and the internet also penetrate the world of Islam. But beyond technology, many say a supernatural dimension is also at work in the lives of Muslims. We receive lots of letters about people who have had dreams about the Lord, visions, even miracles. And when they watch the program, they say, yes, we had a dream or a vision, and they accepted Jesus as Lord. But Muslims who accept Jesus face persecution, discrimination, or even death. Despite the dangers, many continue to live out their faith and lead others to Jesus Christ. Jesus loves all people. Jesus changes all people. And Jesus is the one who places love and peace. I was not like this, but Jesus changed my life. And I'm not scared to talk about Jesus, because praise is unto him. Some believe the church's response to jihad must be a fearless proclamation of the gospel to Muslims. Through prayer and evangelism, many see an unparalleled opportunity for the gospel. I anticipate this very near, and perhaps uh, within two or three years, we are going to see the greatest harvest in history. Chris Mitchell, CBN News, Jerusalem. Not exciting. All right, here's Aaron. Also, I was able to get a video. It's sort of hard to hear, 
and C because of um, because I'm taking it with a little point-and-shoot camera in rural Africa with three light bulbs as our lighting. So um, you can see a little bit. I'm going to fast forward just to when um, the prayer starts. Up until this point, we've shown the film, invited the people to who want to accept Christ to come forward, um, all in their language, of course. And then the local pastor is now leading the prayer, so he'll say it, and then they'll repeat it. And the word for God is zombie, and the word for Jesus is yesu. So.
Although the church in Africa is growing and there um, are thousands of people accepting Christ every day, it still um, has a lot of unreached people groups, which are um, a culture or a, like a group of people who speak a certain language that have two, less than 2% Christians. Um, the place I went, they only had a Bible for the last 20 years. Um, so it's a very new church. So um, there are quite a few summer projects to Africa. So that's something you're interested in. It's the trip of a lifetime. And now Brandon is going to come up and talk to you about the whole world and summer projects. And so I'm going to jump in actually. I wanted to wait until she talked about Africa and Nigeria for you guys to hear this story. And this is so exciting. Uh, last, I guess last year, maybe the year before, a group of YWAMers in Nigeria thought that they would try and reach terrorists for Christ, Muslim terrorists in Nigeria for Christ. Uh, sounds like an ambitious goal. So they went and actually started uh, trying to serve them at one of their training camps. And things kind of got to a point where uh, one of the terrorists actually started running at this missionary saying, with a knife saying, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. And he was saying, get out of my way, I have to kill you, I have to kill you. And the, this missionary just stood there and said, in Jesus' name, I'm going to stand right here, you know, just look the guy in the face and said, I'm not moving. And the guy just, like, collapsed, and right then and there, this guy just put his trust in Christ. Following that, this is so exciting, following that, the entire training camp put their trust in Christ. This was 300 terrorists, okay? They all put their trust in Christ. The YWAMers, and this is kind of close to home because I grew up as a youth with a mission, missionary kid, so this is the organization I spent my entire childhood with, pretty much. Um, the YWAMers took these 300 terrorists, all their weapons in town, and gave them to the cops and said they want to surrender. And, and the police said, well, we, you know, we can't deal with 300 terrorists, um, so we'll give them amnesty if you'll do their rehabilitation. And they said, sure, we'll just put them through our discipleship training school. <laughs> so they started putting these 300 Muslim terrorists through a discipleship training school. After that, it spread to all their Muslim terrorist friends in Nigeria. Right now, 3,000 Nigerian terrorists have put their trust in Christ and are actually enrolled in discipleship training schools. <laughs> the country of Nigeria was so excited about this, they asked them to start two discipleship training school bases in every state in their country. I forget how many that is, but it's something like 30 or 40 different schools that the government asked them to start to provide this kind of discipleship for all these people. That is working in big ways. Here you go, Raymond. So I'm just going to kind of give a broad summary on just what God's doing in the whole world overall. And uh, this map is really relevant because it's our world and people are accepting Christ right now on their computers. And so... Um, we've shared a lot of numbers with you guys, but I want you guys to listen to this one. 174,000 people are trusting Christ daily in the world. So, um, just to give you a picture of that, that's about 10 times the population of Durango accepting Christ every day. And it's just getting exponentially bigger because they go and share with their families. And then if they go through something like the discipleship process, they learn how to share with their friends and stuff. So that's a really big number. Uh, God's working all over the place. So yeah, this is a really prime time in history. Uh, many worldviews, such as uh, communism in Asia, are 
whatever worldviews there are, many are falling. They're not meeting people's expectations, and they're looking for something. They're really empty, and uh, Jesus is the answer. And people are just coming to him like crazy. And it's, there's ministries all over the world, and they're sharing the good news. They're distributing Bibles in a lot of countries uh, where it's legal to transfer Bibles. We shared some stories. People have to smuggle them in, and they risk their lives. So there's a lot of people that are kind of being secret ninjas for God, and it's just it's really exciting. Um, yeah, and many people they're not only sharing uh, Christ with them; they're sharing them how to share Christ with their country. So I believe that not only in America but in the whole world, our generation is going to see huge revival for God, and that's where it comes in that. It's an opportunity for us to be a part of that. It's exciting, it's adventurous, there's a mystery to it. It can be really dangerous, you can, but you get to choose that level by where you go and how old you are. Um, yeah, so, and it's just fun to get out there and just see those things. That, it would have been a lot of fun to be there in Nigeria. <laughs> so, but we don't only do this for fun, we do this to serve our Father, we do this to serve our King, uh, Jesus. And uh, there's just a lot of scriptures where the whole Bible really shows a theme of every nation, every tongue, so that's every language, coming to know God. It's a big vision of the Bible, and we get to see a part of it happening. So uh, I just want to bring it down to the question, um, what can us college students do about it? And I'm going to be talking to you about an opportunity called Summer Project. Because as college students, we don't really have too much to offer. We're in school like over half the year. But one thing we can offer to God is our summers. And so I'd just like to show you guys this opportunity and then you guys can pray about it and whatnot.
was intense. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's just uh, a little sample of the summer projects. And like it said, there are over 200 places to serve. Um, anywhere from San Diego, Disney World in Florida, um, Crested Butte here in Colorado, or you can go places um, such as East Asia, Greece. Um, I'm going to Greece this summer because uh, I saw an opportunity such as this video at DCC this summer. And yeah, and there's even places where uh, you guys can see on those flyers underneath your seats. You guys are allowed to look at them now. <laughs> the authority is given to you. Um, guys, there's even places on there that they give code names because security reasons and whatnot, they're not allowed to say all the places we're going. So you can go somewhere like Disney World or you can go somewhere where you're not even allowed to tell your friends where you're going. That is between you and God. <laughs> so uh, over 200 places. Um, so just really broad, a summer project is an opportunity to take the love of Jesus to the world. But also, you deepen your walk with God, you receive a lot of training, and the whole time you live in community. You usually have housing, such as condos or whatever. It's different for everyone, but you live in community. Grow friendships, and it's just really good stuff. So, to wrap it up, um, I just want to ask you guys to ask one question: uh, whether you guys are going on this project or not. And uh, it's not—you can pray about where you're going and when later. But I just want to want you guys to ask God this one question. And uh, God, God asked me to ask him the same question too. So, uh, just ask. God, would you be honored if I served you for a summer? God, would you be honored if I sacrificed this summer to you? If I sacrificed my time, maybe potentially earning a little bit of money? Uh, which some of the summer projects you get to work and earn money too. But So just ask God, would he be honored? And then from then on, it's between you and God what you're doing. But this is definitely one opportunity to get out there and serve for sure. So yeah, just pray about it and check out that brochure. There's a website on there. It's gosummerproject.com, I think. And yeah, so Erin, her, uh, her stories from Africa was through the Summer Project and is with the Jesus film. So that's also on that flyer. So you can ask her specific questions. You can ask me questions. And I'd just like to encourage you guys, as your brother in Christ, to, uh, to just come along with me uh, if that's where your heart is. And guys, specifically, this is close to my heart. Um, every single summer project person that I talk to, they look, they look me in the eyes and say, we need guys. They're just not stepping up. And that just like tore my heart. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll go. So yeah, so just pray about it and just keep your mind open, keep your heart open about that. Thanks. Thank you for all Okay. All right, cool. One that says Crush Beer, Colorado. That is um, an undercover name for um, actually Durango, Colorado, which is actually our our summer project that we're going to put on in May. So you guys should check that out. Um, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about that. And I'm kidding. It's not a code name. They just got it mixed up. I'm pretty sure. Um, anyway. Um, I want to read you, read you guys Colossians 4-5, which says, Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. 
Um, and before I even start, I would be an idiot if I did not take the opportunity to share with you like the most amazing thing that we've been talking about tonight. We talked about people coming to know Christ. And what the most amazing thing is is that Jesus came to earth to have a personal relationship with each and every one of us. Um, we are sinful people. I don't know about any of you guys, but I am absolutely imperfect. I suck as a human being. And um, the most amazing thing is that Jesus came and he died to take that sin away. It says in Psalm uh, 103.12 that as far as the east is from the west, so far as God has removed our transgressions from us, our sin from us. And so he doesn't, when we accept Christ into our life, he doesn't even see our sin. And so it's really awesome that um, no matter what, what we do, we can't get to God because that means that we can have Christ come into us and he takes care of the rest for us. Um, and you can, and he is waiting for absolutely each and every one of us to come and have a personal relationship with him. He's, he loves you dearly. He absolutely loves you. No matter what you do, no matter what you have done, he loves you. And that's um, the most amazing thing that you will probably ever hear. Um, I'm going to say that before I did anything else. Uh, okay, so being a college student that lives in the United States, you have a lot of opportunities that you probably don't even realize. And I thought of uh, big, five big opportunities that you have. First of all, you are some of the wealthiest people on the planet. And you guys will probably go, mm, nah, you are like, no, you're not. Um, today, uh, 2.6 billion people, which is 40% of the world's population, live on less than $2 a day. Americans who make up less than 5% of the world's population lives, live on an average of $105 a day. That is over, uh, you know, 50, well, it's five times, 50 times two is 100, so sorry, I did not think that through. But that means the typical American has more material wealth than 96% of the world's people. Even a student earning $105 a week is wealthier than 85% of the world. So you guys are all 85% richer, <laughs> wait, you, you guys are all, um, richer than 85% of the world. Um, second big opportunity that you have is that you have more time and opportunities as a college student than you ever will in your entire life. Don't think that once you're out of college and get a job that traveling will be a lot easier because it isn't. First of all, you have a job which takes up way more time than school does, and that money that you earn will probably go towards rent um, or um, other bills. Car payments, car repairs, I know car repairs very well, you will make, have to make them if your car is over 10 years old. Um, and not to mention, if you guys get married, you guys will have families and those kind of things to think of. My dad and my stepmom just took a trip this last summer and it was super expensive because they don't, they, they don't want to stay in hostels or bad areas because they're older and they don't want to sleep on the floor. Um, so this is the time you're young and, and uh, vibrant people who can live through all sorts of conditions. Um, not to mention that being a college student will open up a whole lot more opportunities to go abroad than you probably will like in any other point in your life. Uh, you can go to other colleges to learn or even go to other countries as a learning experience for college. Uh, Fort Lewis does um, innovative months. I did one to Chile for three weeks and then I spent two weeks extra just traveling on my own. It was an amazing experience and I think the coolest part about it, not, I think I know, the coolest part about it was that I got to spend uh, three weeks with people from Fort Lewis that I got to see when I got back. So I got to share the gospel with all of them my first night there and I got to continue to share the gospel 
school with them throughout the rest of my college experience, and even now over in Allen. Um, and I also got to go to Mexico for like three months, months, and that was all through uh, Fort Lewis. Uh, third big opportunity that you have is that you speak English, even though you may not speak it very well. Malcolm. <laughs> oh! <laughs> he he admits it, and I love him, so he can take it. Um, even if you don't speak English very well, you uh, you speak it natively, which is very very attractive to people. Um, it is spoken, English is spoken by more than 30 million native speakers and between 400 and 800 million foreign users. It is the official language of air transportation and shipping, the leading language of science, technology, computers, commerce, and a major medium of education, publishing, and international negotiation. So English is used all the time, all over the world. English today is probably the third largest language, uh, third largest language by number of native speakers after Mandarin, Chinese, and Spanish. However, when combining native and non-native speakers, it is probably the most commonly spoken language in the world. Uh, linguistic professor David Crystal calculates that non-native speakers now outnumber native speakers by a ratio of three to one. Three to one in the world are learning English as a second language. And so the cool thing about you being able to speak English and going to another country is that people will come up to you wanting to practice, practice English with you, which is an amazing opportunity for you to share the gospel. Um, this, I've heard so many stories of people coming to know Christ in China because they're like, oh, that's an English speaker. I'm going to go talk to them. And um, it kind of all goes from there. So... Um, Having, having English is a huge opportunity. Fourth big opportunity, you are surrounded by people here at Fort Lewis College that want to learn. Uh, from what I found, students are super open for discussion. And honestly, it's, I don't want to discourage you, but probably a lot more open than people in your workplace. Uh, They're here to learn just like you and get an experience, and I'm sure that you've witnessed that the college experience is just not fulfilling. Uh, and deep inside everybody involved in those scenes, they know that um, what they're doing is just not enough. And so you have an amazing opportunity right in front of you every single day to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people who desperately, desperately need him. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 9:37, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So it's not that Fort Lewis isn't open for Jesus. <laughs> Fort Lewis is ready for Jesus. Uh, the crop isn't lacking in product. The crop is lacking in workers to get the product. There's a huge crop waiting to be harvested on this campus, and you have a chance to be a part of uh, harvesting it. And um, the fifth big, big opportunity for those of you who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is that you are a disciple of Jesus. Um, as you saw on the video that Brandon showed, uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is the Great Commission. So all authority, this is Jesus talking, uh, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Um, okay, and then uh, right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said um, in Acts uh, 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So you have a relationship with Jesus, 
if you have a relationship with Jesus, you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you to speak to anybody at any time with his words. And he just called you to join in to what he's already doing. He didn't call us um, to have an eternal life that is boring. He called us so that he, we can have a life that is full, you know, and abundant. He says that in John 10, 10. He doesn't want it. He, um, he doesn't have to use us to spread the gospel. He doesn't need us, but he wants to use us to further his kingdom, which is amazing. What an opportunity, right? Um, Philippians 3, 7 through 9 says, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing grace of greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. How amazing are those words. What compares to having a relationship with Jesus? Nothing. Nothing compares to having a relationship with Jesus and, um, and everything that he offers. He is worth living full out for him, and he is worth stepping outside your comfort zones and sharing him with people on this campus. Um, I heard the, of the survey at DCC uh, that was given to people who are 95 years and older about what they would have done different in their life. And here are the top three responses from these uh, 95 plus people. Um, that they would have risked more, that they would have reflected more, and that they would have given themselves to a cause that would have outlasted themselves. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to sit at the end of my life thinking that to think that I that I had regrets or or that I didn't do enough or that I didn't live a full enough life. Um, tonight, guys, I don't want you just to sit here going, "Well, this was great. I feel so good, and Jesus is so awesome," because He is. But I don't want you just to sit here thinking just thinking those things. I want um, I have a challenge for you, just like Brandon challenged you. Um, I need you to answer and seek, I need you to ask these questions and seek these answers. Where is God leading me and will I follow? Um, where is God leading me and will I follow? Okay. Um, maybe for some of you, it's just to simply investigate who Jesus is and what he did on this earth and if you even want to follow him. Uh, maybe God is leading you to give your summer over to Him and do something further with your walk with Him. Maybe you need to step up to the challenge and share Jesus with Fort Lewis. But whatever it is, don't leave here tonight until you decide that you will take the next step of faith. Uh, gosh, you guys, I, God has challenged me a lot already this year. When I was at DC, DCC, I felt like I was constantly being challenged on things. And um, here are some challenges that God has given me um, for the rest of my life, um, that I will love God and learn more about who I am in Him and who He is, that I will love others more than I ever have before, and that I will give more of my time, my talent, and my treasure, like my money and my possessions, all to the glory of God than I ever have before. Um, and it's amazing to be able to trust God increasingly more in these areas. Every day, every single day is a new day to rely on Christ. And what an adventure He's taking me on! God has an unbelievable role for me in his plan, and I also know that he has an unbelievable plan and role for you in his plan. So here's my question, here's another question for you. Are you going to sacrifice your comfort for his role, or are you going to choose to be comfortable with the mediocre life? The choice is yours. 
So um, here, I'm just going to close this out. Thank you so much for coming, and I hope that you guys have a great night. God, thank you so much for being amazing. Thank you so much for moving in the hearts and lives of people, God, that you don't quit, that you don't quit on us. God, that you um, that you continue to knock on the door of our hearts, Lord, until we answered. And Lord, I pray that you will continue to knock on the doors of hearts of people that need you, and I pray that you will not leave them alone, God. And I pray that you will put people in their lives that will... Um, that will accept you as Lord and Savior of their lives, uh, that, that will like, lead them to that decision. God, thank you so much for uh, the at uh, least 1,000 people that have come to know you, uh, over 1,000 people that have come to know you through this uh, website um, already, God. It's amazing to see lives change so quickly. Um, and um, I pray that you will follow up with them. God, I pray that you will be with us this semester. Let us be bold and courageous. Let us not live with regrets, God, but God, let us just live full out and all in for you, God. You are worth um, worth the risk of uh, going all in for. So in Jesus' awesome and powerful name I pray, amen.